0: Welcome into Outkick the Show, Thursday edition. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic day wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. A lot to dive into today. It is April Fool's. It is also the return of Major League Baseball. Big news in college basketball and much to break down. A bunch of different stories but I want to start off right here with something that is not foolish. It is an incredible offer. You bet $5.00 and you get back $200 if you take Gonzaga to beat UCLA. Right now the Zags are out a massive 14 or 15 point favorite in this game. If you're a new user you go to fanduel.com slash clay just trust me right now fanduel.com slash clay you bet $5 you get back $200 it is an incredible 40 to 1 value that's fanduel.com slash clay right, bunch of stories We didn't have the show yesterday because we had a little bit of a tech difficulty so I didn't get to talk about one of the all-time dumb moves I think in terms of defending Deshaun Watson. Rusty Harden, his defense attorney in Texas released statements from 18 different masseuses saying they hadn't been mistreated by Deshaun Watson while giving massages. All this did to me is make the number of masseuses that Deshaun Watson was seeing even more substantial than we might have thought otherwise this at a minimum means he's seeing over 40 different masseuses in the space of a couple of years those are confirmed 21 have accused him of sexual assault 18 have said he didn't misbehave an additional woman has talked to Sports Illustrated that's 40 right there minimum that we know Deshaun Watson was seeing also 18 different women saying you didn't misbehave with them doesn't mean that you are completely without problem with the 21 who did say you misbehaved. I mean think about it from this perspective. Nobody would ever defend in a murder case by standing up and saying yes, my client is accused of killing this person but really that person represents a tiny percentage of all the people that he knows that he didn't kill. 99.9% 99.9% of murderers don't kill 99.9% of all the people they interact with. Also, you would never actually think it made sense if somebody who worked at a bank came forward to try to explain that somebody couldn't have robbed another bank by saying, well he uses my bank and never robbed me. Just because you haven't committed a crime with some people in a similar field doesn't mean you might not have committed a crime with other people I continue to be stunned by the lack of coverage in the grand scheme of things of this Deshaun Watson case. 21 different women have officially filed lawsuits accusing him of sexual assault. Why is this story not getting the attention that you would expect considering that Deshaun Watson is a star quarterback? It's because identities are colliding and sports has become an identity politics-laden culture you have all these women hashtag me too most of whom are minority with much less power and money and position of influence than Deshaun Watson who are alleging that they were victimized. So if you say you don't believe those women then you are not hashtag part of believe all women and me too and you might end up being attacked. If you say you don't believe Deshaun Watson then you are questioning the word of a black quarterback and you might be accused of being racist. So as a result, all of the woke sports media are at loggerheads. They have no idea what to do without a tra- traditional villain in order to make the bad guy here. Think about how much different this case would be receiving and how much different it would be treated if, let's say, Josh Allen were the 25-year-old quarterback who was accused of of uh, sexual assault by 21 different women. Do you think the usual suspects like Jamel Hill would be saying virtually nothing at all? Or would they all be lining up and saying this was an example of Josh Allen's hashtag white privilege. I think you know exactly what would be transpiring in this case if this were not a black quarterback being accused of sexual assault by 21 different women. Identity politics means Everybody is running in the opposite direction because they can't choose an e- easy hero and an easy villain. They are fleeing from most people in sports media are, that is. They are fleeing from this story and pretending it doesn't exist. Outkick, for better or worse we've covered Ben Roethlisberger we've quarter, covered Michael Vick and the dogfighting uh, we covered Jameis Winston uh, rape allegations everybody we treat the exact same when you are a star quarterback and you have issues with the judicial system we are going to cover you aggressively whether it's Tom Brady and Deflategate or whether it is Deshaun Watson right now being accused of sexual assault by over 20 different women. A couple of big news stories that are out there Roy Williams has officially retired as a head basketball coach after 33 years UNC is now on the market for a brand new head coach Really going to be fascinating given how good of a job this is how much interest there is in this job and where UNC looks to fill it uh, as, uh, as we go forward. Roy Williams, incredible, uh, incredible coaching career multiple national championships at UNC really successful tenure at Kansas even though he never won a national championship there. Uh, this is, I think, one of the best jobs if not the best job in all of college basketball right now. We saw Indiana still struggling to hire a new coach. We'll see what UNC is able to do. Speaking of jobs and money and being able to hire a new coach I haven't seen this happen maybe ever in major college football or college basketball. You guys can let me know if someone that you remember doing this. Chris Beard has left Texas Tech to move in-state to take over at the University of Texas as their college basketball coach after Shaka Smart left for Marquette. This is one of those rare occasions where you have a coach move in conference, in state with no intermediary job, right? A lot of people would say, oh Rick Pitino but Rick Pitino took the Louisville job after he had left to go coach in the NBA. Yes, he went from one rival program in the state to another left Kentucky, went to Boston didn't have a lot of success Uh, with the Celtics if I remember correctly and then ends up going back to take over at Louisville where he won a national championship but I can't think of anyone in major college athletics that has gone in-state, in-conference without a position, a stop in between and remember obviously Louisville and Kentucky are not in the same conferences This just doesn't happen very often. I'm curious how many of you can remember somebody actually doing this again already in a Power 5 conference. Obviously, it's not uncommon for guys in smaller conferences to take jobs in bigger conferences but same conference, same state no intermediary job it's almost unheard of. Big hit to Texas Tech given the fact that just a couple of years ago Texas Tech was in the national title game. Big win in theory for Texas which has struggled to replace Rick Barnes and has not won an NCAA tournament game since they fired Rick Barnes who is obviously at the University of Tennessee. Uh, Joe Biden did an interview with ESPN uh, late last night to begin to air and he said two things I disagree with uh, connected to the world of sports. First, Biden endorsed the idea of Major League Baseball's All-Star game moving from Atlanta over the new Georgia voting bill. Uh, Joe Biden saying that he believed the All-Star game should move. He would support that if it occurred. I think that's ludicrous. I think that's insane. I don't think it makes any sense at all. I hope Major League Baseball is smart enough not to do that. Secondly, uh, Joe Biden also said that he thought that it was the wrong decision for the Texas Rangers to have a full stadium, 40,000 fans present on April the 5th. Again, Major League Baseball officially starting today, 162 game season. Also today, the Atlanta Braves announced that they are out to 50% capacity. Uh, here, I was grabbed a screenshot of all the different uh, stadiums and their capacities. The Rangers 100%, uh, the Houston Texans over 50%, the Rockies with big crowds as well, the Braves as I just mentioned going to 50% I think soon. Given the fact that many adults can go get their vaccines whenever they want once the vaccines are available to anyone and we're basically there in many different states I don't understand why every football, baseball stadium everywhere wouldn't be at 100% capacity if people choose to go they should be able to go uh, and we should be rapidly returning to a completely normal world of sports especially this is not that big of a deal right now in Major League Baseball because a lot of early season baseball games are not that crowded because it's still cold in many different locations. I would hope by May 1st at the latest that the majority of Major League Baseball stadiums will be full go and anyone who wants to go watch games will be able to go watch games. I disagree with both of those statements that were made by Joe Biden, President of the United States, in his interview with ESPN. Uh, this is pretty crazy. Mark Jones, who has lost his mind on social media he is a announcer for ESPN he was calling the Bucks-Lakers game in, uh, in uh, LA last night and in the middle of the Bucks-Lakers game as he was discussing Elgin Baylor's death he spread a unmitigated falsehood and ESPN has declined all comment on it Mark Jones said that Jacob Blake was unarmed when he was shot by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That is a 100% falsehood. Jacob Blake himself has mentioned that he was armed with a knife when he was shot and refused orders to put the knife down. Also, the person who had called police uh, to have protection from Jacob Blake was a woman who had accused him of sexual assault. He was not supposed to be within uh, a certain number of feet from her. So this woman had called seeking help from police when they arrived they saw a man who was armed with a knife refused all requests to put that knife down and therefore the police opened fire after a prolonged period of time where they had asked him to drop that weapon. ESPN knows this is a falsehood anyone who has studied this case in any way knows that it's a falsehood yet they are declining all comments on the lies being spread by Mark Jones which are designed to inflame racial tensions and create more division in this country through a medium by the way of sports when people are expecting just to be watching an NBA game between the Bucks and the Lakers. ESPN should be ashamed of itself. Mark Jones should be ashamed of himself for spreading lies. He should know better and there should be consequences. I legitimately believe this when you are watching a sporting event and an announcer calling a game spreads a falsehood that is designed to sow division when he and certainly his network should know better. Again, this is not a complicated uh, fact pattern here. Jacob Blake himself has admitted that that he was armed which is why the police are not facing any charges in Kenosha, Wisconsin they were there to protect a woman that had been the victim of an alleged crime by Jacob Blake. Uh, Speaking of failures of coverage I know I'm old school and I know a lot of you sometimes make fun of me because I still get the newspaper delivered to my house Uh, I get the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal delivered print style right? I get it delivered print style because I find that in modern tech algorithms dictate to such an extent what you do and do not see that when I flip through the newspaper I end up seeing stories that are different than what I would see on my regular news feed through social media, okay? So some of you are saying why in the world would you subscribe to the New York Times? Well, I subscribe to the New York Times the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal because I want to get a good cross-section of media coverage of different stories so that I am aware to determine what I believe is the truth and also what I believe about my own opinions. I want to be exposed to a wide variety of perspectives so that I am challenging what I actually believe. And so, uh, this is a front page story. Uh, I'm going to hold it up so you can see it. Uh, and it is, uh, it is written here. Asian woman attacked in city as others watch. All right. This is the story right here at the bottom of the front page of the New York Times. Um, and the article is written by four different uh, it looks like based on their names I know we're not allowed to uh, biologically determine whether people are men or women uh, but Nicole Hong, uh, Juliana Kim, Allie Watkins and Ashley Southall it appears there are four bylined women who are credited for for this front page article. All right, This was a viral video of a man attacking a woman and the result was uh, was eventually that this guy ended up getting arrested. But at the time they went to press I had not seen or read very much about this story. Uh, And so there was a a 60, I believe a 65-year-old woman who was randomly attacked as she was walking down the street in Manhattan an Asian woman. Yes, she was 65 years old from the Philippines when a black man out of nowhere just attacked her and yelled essentially uh, that she did not belong in this country saying you don't belong here Uh, she crumpled to the sidewalk a man in broad daylight I'm reading from the article suddenly kicked her in the stomach she crumpled to the sidewalk he kicked her once in the head then again and again he yelled an obscenity at her according to police official and then said you don't belong here. Uh, Nobody came to her aid in Manhattan in fact three men uh, that were there did nothing and this is what I find to be incredibly interesting here the story Uh, says the police released a photo and video of a man wanted in the attack he had not been arrested as of Tuesday evening and you can see that little section of the article there that I have bracketed. Why does this matter? The race of the alleged suspect is not mentioned in the entirety of this front page article with four different women who are bylined as writers. Indeed, It says that the police are seeking help and again, the police released a photo and video of a man wanted in the attack. He had not been arrested as of Tuesday evening. The police are seeking help in identifying the man uh, at the time that that article went to press. They have since found him. There is video making it clear that a black man was responsible for this attack on an elderly Asian woman. Yet the race of the alleged suspect is not mentioned in the entirety of this front page article. How can you justify in any way when the New York City Police are requesting help in actually finding the person responsible for this broad daylight heinous attack. How can you not justify listing the suspects details so that anybody reading this article could in theory be able to help identify the alleged suspect. I'll tell you because the alleged perpetrator here the criminal the suspect is black and it doesn't fit the narrative of racism in America. So I think the New York Times should have to answer this question. Why was the race of the suspect left out of this article? Why was he not described? You know that if it had been a white man doing this it would have been in the opening paragraph. And this is where I've been arguing this for years but what has happened here is we define racism as only white to black in this country just about. And now maybe expanding it a little bit white to Hispanic, white to Asian. Racism is something that only white people can be guilty of. What I believe would actually help to fight larger issues of racism in this country is acknowledging a simple truth. There are racist white, Asian, black, and Hispanic people in this country. And the idea that we are covering racism in America as if it is still 1964 is a fundamental failure of all of the media and frankly, it is transparently dishonest. So I subscribe to the New York Times. I don't think that as a subscriber or a reader I was adequately served by this article. And I think the New York Times should have to answer the question who are the editors that made the decision not to identify the suspect in this case? Why would they not have written about the racial dynamics at play here of an Asian woman being attacked by a black man. If you are going to argue this is a hate crime and it should be a front page story because of the racial nature of the attack then how in the world do you not actually discuss the racial nature of the attack and identify the suspect when as is actually stated here the police released a photo and video of a man wanted in the attack. Why would you not describe what the man looked like in the photo and the video uh, when you have an opportunity there and how is it not an opening part of this story? This is fundamental media dishonesty that deserves to be called out and frankly the questions deserve to be answered. Why did this story with four different byline uh, writers end up as it did? This was an editorial decision that I believe, frankly, the New York Times on a blatant level failed on. And good. there's a big difference between facts and opinion. This is not an opinion piece. This is a factual, supposedly, newspaper article that is supposed to bring to people who have not seen this information as much factual information as they can from this article and the New York Times failed in providing the most basic information of a factual nature. Who was the suspect? What did he look like? And why would this then be a racial crime uh, in, in, uh, in place? It should have been in the opening paragraph should have been in the opening descriptors and it certainly should have been there in the little paragraph I just read to you where it said the New York City police were seeking help in basically finding the suspect and it put out a video and pictures of the suspect. How do you not identify in any way the suspect? I haven't read today's newspaper to see how it's going to be covered uh, today. I haven't had time. I've been running around uh, with so many different issues at play. Finally, this is a big story. Facebook did not allow Laura Trump who is the uh, daughter-in-law of President Trump uh, she's married to one of Trump's sons she tried to interview former President Donald Trump and post the interview on Facebook and Facebook would not allow it because they said that Donald Trump's voice could not be heard on their platform. This is outlandish. And it's crazy to me How many members of the Blue Checkmark Brigade are cheering blatant censorship? What has happened in America and I I don't think most people have recognized this or certainly hasn't been talked about in a big way. China has the Great Wall of China for the internet, right? They filter what people in China are able to see the government does in an effort to promote nationalism and respect for their country. They don't have a free and open internet. What has happened in the United States is instead of the United States government making the decision to ban uh, what can and cannot be seen on the internet big tech companies are all colluding and conspiring in cahoots to ban the President of the United States, Donald Trump from being able to entertain and be a part of the larger marketplace of ideas. In a democracy, this should be incredibly chilling precedent to anyone out there because if Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all these other social media companies YouTube can decide to ban the democratically elected President of the United States from being able to speak out in political related issues they can ban anybody that they want And for people out there who say well, just create your own social media company they also banned Parler from being able to exist. Apple wouldn't carry the app Facebook wouldn't allow uh, it to be distributed like all these different crazy things are going on right now. We have effectively allowed big tech to adopt the exact same internet policies as exist in China. In China, you can't be seen on the internet if you make the government upset. In America, you can't be seen on the internet if you make big tech upset. It's a monopoly, it's wrong, it's chilling it should be terrifying to anybody Democrat, Republican, or independent that they can shut down distribution like this and not allow the the time democratically elected President of the United States to speak to the country as a whole it's absolute insanity Uh, they won't even allow his voice to be heard now on Facebook I don't understand how this is not a monstrously large story regardless of your politics I am a First Amendment absolutist I believe in the marketplace of ideas and I don't believe that big tech companies through their monopolies should be able to curtail what you or I or anyone else see I'm so glad to own OutKick and have the ability to spread my views through my own media company but most Americans don't have that ability right now and it is a severe and incredibly serious issue that we are facing regardless of your politics. Banning Trump was the wrong idea the wrong precedent and it should be chilling to anyone out there. All right, I love all of you. Get your bets in fanduel.com slash clay $5 bet on Gonzaga Turns into $200 for the Final Four. Welcome back Major League Baseball. Happy April Fool's Day. I am Clay Travis. I'll be on television here in a little bit breaking down everything in the world of sports gambling. This has been OutKick the Show.